Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hi, Marjorie. Hey, Missy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I've had six cups of coffee today. Oh, gosh. It's one of those days for you. So I met a new friend at a coffee shop in Manhattan, <laughs> and I had a large latte. And then I had two more when I got home because I'm standing you know, in when Marjorie and I used to do the uh, radio show together on My Talk 1071, I would have to reel in her coffee consumption. And there'd be certain times we'd hit like 1115. We'd have 40 minutes left of the show. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, so mm-hmm. now we're going to back it off. Mm-hmm. We're going to just back it mm-hmm. off. I always pride myself on the fact that I could do two shows in one by just talking <laughs> that fast. You do have that fast, frenzied coffee yes. cadence yes. to your I am, speaking right now. I am a little spinny. So I'm going to try and focus. <laughs> It's going to be a good episode, though, today. Our guest today has been begging to be on this podcast since its inception. <laughs> please, please stay quiet back there quiet until guests. we've introduced you. Have you had you too much to coffee? Yeah, we haven't introduced you. Please stay quiet. But it's interesting that we're going to have this guest on the podcast, and you might recognize his voice because we're in the final countdown mode of a long-lasting and, like, really amazing professional relationship. And so right. we're going to talk about... You're divorcing. Making big, divorcing, making big changes, the decision-making that goes into that, and then how we sort of, I don't know, I think just, like, soak up all the emotions of feeling, like, excited and sad and bittersweet and all of it together as we shift through different seasons in life. Well, I'm glad this guest who shall remain unnamed for a time, stay quiet. Stay quiet. Stay quiet. <laughs> I, I have been through many professional changes in my life, and those decisions are hard. And that's what I think is going to be really interesting, too, is when you make a big change from a job. And many of my choices were because of my family. And that that's tricky. And so I'm interested in, in hearing about that as well. Should we let him Our speak? Our guest today. Yeah, let's let it. Our <laughs> guest today is uh, is my Twin Cities Live co-host, also, the heir apparent to our radio show, to oh. the 9 to noon time slot on My Talk 1071 that we pioneered and basically built from the ground up, uh, oh, that, Steve Patterson. I forgot Steve that. Patterson. I forgot that. And that makes me a little sick. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we, and, it makes me sad. And as of just yesterday, that time slot is now, uh, with the rest of the station, a Marconi Award winner. So thank you for the foundational work that you did. Yes. Uh, for us to, to be able to continue and uh, succeed the way that we are today. So you put Without our names you. On, you put our names and my husband's name on that award, correct? We did. Yep, it was a okay, long thank you. It was a long list and uh no, we didn't even include half of the current air staff on the list. <laughs> I, so, I certainly am not getting a spot. Re- I barely got invited to the taco bar celebration. Elizabeth, should oh. we just tell people right from the beginning yeah. that the the reason that I'm here, the reason that I've been asking to come on this show for so long. And, Here and people have been asking, what am I going to do after Twin Cities Live? 
here on this podcast, Best to the Nest, I announce the launch of my podcast. It's called Zen to the Den. <laughs> and this is where I will talk with partners, husbands, boyfriends of the guests that you have interviewed. Zen to the Den. Download, right. like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the bull dookie that you have to tell people to do when you have a podcast. Oh, Marjorie, the last podcast he had lasted like 10 episodes. Oh. I don't think that this one is going to be How dare you, wow. Elizabeth? It wow. was 12 episodes. I bailed midway through the second season, and people have been clamoring for more. You only got through 12. 12 episodes. But they were They were emotional. I didn't have it in me to do any more than that. A little attention problem I have a little here? attention problem. I do. Okay. Honest to God, if I stick around this whole time, I would be shocked. <laughs> and you know what's going to have to happen? I'm going to have to rein it in and keep us on track because otherwise we'll talk for 30 minutes about nothing. It'll be like a Seinfeld episode. And it will we make, are going to talk about something. And it won't make sense to anybody but us. No. <laughs> right. And exactly. Elizabeth, we have to go so, shoot a show. I'm 45 minutes from the studio, so let's stay on task here. we got a big show. Wow. I know we're going to. He's kind let's, of pushy um, But let's talk about this this shift. It's kind of pushy. You guys are both pushy, in my opinion. <laughs> let's talk about this shift. I'm naturally caffeinated. This is going to be a real problem. Can I have mute access? Can I mute her at any point? Wow. No, I don't think you can. All right, I'm just asking. I barely know you. Well, you know, in the name of equality, we should be able to mute each other. What's your oh, question, that's very good. What are we supposed to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about this shift and this change. And it's interesting when Marjorie has an interesting perspective on this because Marjorie, of course, co-hosted the morning radio show, the Ian and Marjorie show on My Talk 1071 for a decade, right? Marjorie sure was did. It a decade? 10 years, 10 years, baby. When, when they started years. My Talk, there were zero listeners. Yeah. Zero. That's true. Zero. I know. Yeah. He's not lying when he talks about you guys building the foundation because that's 100% true. Yeah. You have, when you work in television or you work in radio and you have a co-host, and I think particularly if you've got like the male-female dynamic, you sort of joke around that that's like my work husband or my work wife. I think in lots of businesses, people can relate to that idea of kind of having that person that they go to that's their friend and their coworker and they're a teammate. When Marjorie was on the air with Ian, your work husband was your actual husband. Yeah, that was a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> the smartest lot. thing my husband, well, he's done many smart things, but one of the smartest things he did was when it was becoming clear that we were going to co-host the show together, he said, we're going into marriage therapy right away. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna talk everything through that's ever been bugging us so that it doesn't bleed out over the air. Because, you know, like anything, if you if you if it's if it's dysfunctional, when you're talking to your your spouse four hours a day live, the only way we could talk to each other was live because I was in a studio at home. So there was no communication off air unless we did it through our producer who became a pseudo therapist. <laughs> it, it was it was really smart. And so that was I think one of the greatest working situations I've ever had and one of the most difficult only because in media, our life for both of us became content. Mm -hmm. So everything that was going on in our life and we had kids. So we were very, it was very complicated actually, but very fun. And I think looking back on it, we set really healthy boundaries for the marriage but there were some trying times. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say that there would be, you know, and I probably caused it, but there would be a fight the night before a show. 
And then, you know, there's nothing more fun than clicking on a mic with somebody who you're still angry with. He didn't deserve it. Sure, it was me. But, you know, there's stuff like that. And then also sort of protecting the kids. Both of their parents were on the air. Their teachers listened to the show, you know. And so we were very respectful of their lives. You will find very few pictures of them, especially as kids. There are very few pictures of them. We never used their real names. They would go out in public. And my son was living in Minnesota last year during COVID. And there are still people who would go and come up to him and say, are you itchy? Are you scratchy? <laughs> The man is 27 years old. So. The man. But the man. The first time we put, we actually, this was kind of funny, Steve, when we had, remember when we had Gar, um, our Ian and Marjorie's son intern for us? Yeah. And he was such a good intern. And then we showed him on TV and we like talked about him because we put all of our interns on TV, you know, for the most part, we put Gar on TV. And I remember Marjorie being like, you used his name. And I was like, well, he's a grown-up, and he works for us, and he said it's okay. Yeah, he was like 20 years old. It's like, okay. It's true. Yeah, he does have the chance to make his own choice. <laughs> Regarding <laughs> his name, likeness, and image. Exactly. Now, exactly. Now he does. But, so, um, but it is yeah, a special so now, relationship. It totally is, and I think separating that is good <laughs> when you, maybe when you don't work with your actual husband. But, Steve, we've been on the air for seven years together on Twin Cities Live. It's been so fascinating because it's felt so fast, I think particularly because both of us with our respective spouses have had so many children. And so it's always <laughs> like a whirlwind of what's going on and who's having another baby. Yeah, think about that. In the time that we spent together on the show, between us, we've welcomed five kids. Five kids. Okay, that's uh, amazing. Two for me, three for you. Yeah, so that that has kept things... Busy. I find it to be that the time has gone by very fast in some ways. And then there are other times when little snapshots feel like, good Lord, that was yesterday. And, and others where I think, wow, like I've been here since 2014. Have I been on the show for, for that long? So it's sort of both of those things acting together. Although I am proud to say I am the longest tenured of your co-host. And I say that yeah. to be little John and Chris. I want to be clear about that. Uh, they were quitters, <laughs> and they didn't have what it took to stick around and fulfill a commitment, and I did. And uh, it, But I thought it seemed like they, even Chris, Chris was there for about nine months. But yeah, in my head, it. being the new guy, it felt like he may as well have been there forever, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that it's been nearly seven and a half years at this point. And now we have, what do we have, ten shows left together? We have ten, including today. Yeah shows left together. And, you know, it's funny when you look back at like making that decision. So Steve and I, we have a very unique relationship in that there is a real, I I mean, it's the most consistent, like mutual respect that uh, of like any relationship. I mean, we really have never gotten in an you argument, second I don't most. think. That's true. That's so true. That's so true. Where I think that mutual respect and that admiration and that, and that, and we can talk about like what that means to have chemistry. I have often said this though, and Marjorie, I'm not, I don't just bring this up just because, you know, you shoehorned your way in there to make sure that you got some credit there. But it was when it comes to consistency, 
the two people I've worked with who have given me the most consistency where when I show up, I know exactly what I'm going to get from them on the air. And again, it never means that it's like everything's perfect behind the scenes or you're not having a bad day or you're not tired or you're not whatever. But when it comes to on the air, the most consistent delivery has been from the two of you. And so as I think about like, what will this mean going forward? And what does the shift mean for me professionally? Because you know, we are in this unique situation where if one of us decides to do something, it deeply impacts the other person. That that consistency that I've gotten from Marjorie and from you, Steve, has been, that's like priority number one for me to find Mm. in whatever sort of, however Twin Cities Live looks going forward. Yeah, that's, some people have asked me who, who I think should replace me, who, you know, that's such a, my, my simple answer to that very big question is always, and I've told you this, is I just want it to be whoever you want to do the show with, like who you feel the best with and who makes you feel just good in doing the show. And we have a bunch of great candidates and there are a lot more people who don't even get a shot to sit, you know, with you at the host chat table. Um, so we've already sorted like there's a bit of a narrow group there and they're all lovely and they'll all still be lovely no matter who ends up with the position. But that's my, I, cause it's, we've, it's easier to be the lever than the person being left. We've talked about this during commercial breaks. I love you and I hate you. I love At you and I hate you. In any marriage. That is true. Right. In any marriage. Exactly. <laughs> if you're leaving on, is it, you know, it's like, it's a little, it's a little easier. You're already going yeah. to change. The other person has to figure out how do I redo this place that used to have you here? Um, and so that's why I just want you to be able to find someone who has, consistent energy and makes you feel good when you sit down to do the show because very Elizabeth, often, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you, but Elizabeth, you hear what he's saying. It's me, it's not you. It's <laughs> yeah, me, it's not you. You're going to have a great life with somebody right. else. Really, I'm the problem. I'm this, holding this you back. This is the breakup that's happening right in front of us. It is. It's such a funny thing because it is that weird dynamic where it's like a breakup, but like, I don't know, like Steve's wife reaches out to me to like see how I'm doing and like connect, you know, I mean, Jay, like I go to coffee with like potential candidates and I come home and I have to like tell Jay about like my work date or something. I mean, it is, it is a very funny dynamic. And that being said, I think like even in our respective lives, like having, you know, having spouses who really like understand and respect that relationship that you have to have professionally with that person is super important because you have to be able to have like a vulnerability and like an on-air intimacy with that person that you're next to mm-hmm. and and have it really feel like authentic. And that has to come from everything that happens off the air too. But let's all acknowledge here that that is sort of the blessing of the careers that we've chosen to have and what make them very unique. I mean, when we talk about best to the nest, we often don't talk about work, but so many times people bring their work home and many times it's the relationships at work that are the most difficult. It's the pressure at work that's the most difficult. And you bring that into your house and I try not to do that. I'm not necessarily very good at not doing that. And I hate it when I do it because what you've what you've done is you've essentially just stretched your work day. If you're still work, talking about work and the problems at work when you get home over dinner, before you go to bed, you've just made yourself a 14-hour work day because you've never left it behind. And I think when I hear you guys talk about each other, and Steve, 
I'm sorry I interrupted you. Um, But when I hear you guys talk about each other and how I feel about you, Elizabeth, I've always seen that part of my life when I was doing talk radio, plus I got to do it with my husband, as one of the greatest blessings that for the most part, I was paid to laugh at work. I was paid to genuinely find a way to like, to really like slash love the people I work with. Because that was so important in terms of the on-air chemistry. Now, think of how weird that statement is in most other people's jobs. If you walked around the hallway and said, you know, it is my job to like you. It's my job to laugh with you. It's my job to feel like we are intimately involved with one another. You'd be in HR. Like, that's a problem. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that's like what's so cool about as you guys say goodbye, when you look back, what an incredible blessing it's been that this is what you do to take care of your families. I mean, that's so cool. So yeah. Well, and to your point, if it's a, if it's a crappy day, you stretch the day out, but if you bring home good things from your experience at work, it celebrates the day and enhances the time at home. You know, it enriches the time at home because then it's like looking back on something that was, you're fortunate to do that you're lucky to have. And it's, and it's very, very different. And you have to, you know, if you, if you work with an on-air partner, particularly if it's just two of you that are really, you know, with each other the whole time, if you don't, I, I have had an experience where it hasn't gelled as well before. Right. And it just, the bummer is just that it really limits. There's a low ceiling on fun and how enriching the experience can feel. And we're all fortunate to be able even to consider with the work that we do, how enriched do I feel by it? That's right, a position yeah. <laughs> of privilege. Let me be clear. But right. since that's the game that we're playing, it's, uh, it's really awesome when you're, when you're able to do that. And fortunately for Elizabeth and I, sort of magically, it happened like immediately, which was just really rare. But you say it's a privilege to say that. And what I would say to people is it's your right to say that. Mm-hmm. That if your job isn't giving you that, try harder. And that's not true for everybody. I mean, obviously, I mean, there, you got to feed your family first, but it's okay to want that from a workplace. It's sure. okay to strive for that. As, as I guess what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's not always, you're not always going to get that, but I think it's okay to feel like that's what I should be getting out of this exchange that I'm doing for cash. You know, I should try and find a way to make this as enriching as enriching as possible. And we are in higher profile jobs, so it comes with all sorts of weird perks and benefits. But if you're a waitress and you love being a waitress, how do you enrich that job? I mean, I went to the Highland Grill the whole time I lived in St. Paul. That was my second kitchen. The women there, the women there were so wonderful and so clearly loved their work. It was a joy to go, you know? And so I think that, and then to your point about bringing that home, what great modeling that is for your kids, that work can be a joy. Because if you think about what you bring home, if you complain about it all the time, what are you modeling for your kids? Totally. Is that work's a grind. Work's awful, but we have to do it. Yeah. Well, and that's true though. I do think though that, I mean, whenever we do stories on people who like, work for a long time. You know, remember Steve, we aired a story on TCL about a nurse who'd been, she was like 80 something yeah, yeah. and she was a nurse, maybe in her nineties. Kristen aired that story. And then she just went and Kristen went skydiving yeah. with her. Yeah. And people always say, well, well, why do you keep doing this? Well, it's the people. They say, oh, I do it because of the people. I mean, I think when you have a job where 
where the product is your connection with another person. I mean, that's certainly oh, that's cool. more of a rarity. That's a rarity where it's like that, that is the product. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what the station is selling essentially. But in any, in any place, any workplace, people want to stay or go because of the people, I think at its core. I mean, the work is important, but you can find joy and fulfillment in all sorts of things. You hope. So I don't know, Steve, why are you leaving if you find this much joy and fulfillment? <laughs> See, the journalist comes out in her again. She softened me up. I felt really good. And then she punched me in my throat. <laughs> yes, um, Steve. Boom. You yes, know, Steve. I remember um, we had a we had a lunch, which I'll get to in a moment. I, it's, you know, the truth of the matter is there are so many variables that come into any kind of vision like this. I've said this before that we work in three-year terms. You know, we you sign an agreement, you have a contract for three years, and you don't kind of, you don't need to think about pivoting necessarily anywhere. You know, is there something else I'd like to do? Because you sign an agreement, and that's wonderful. But then those terms come up, which opens up the the very this literal time frame for you to negotiate, but also a little bit of time for you to sort of, I don't know, consider some stuff. And so, look, to be, you know, like super honest, you just go through and start thinking, what am I trying to accomplish creatively? What am I trying to accomplish financially? What do I want the time in my day to look like? And it's funny, the more I thought about all of those things, you start to realize if if you are deciding that you want those things to have some level of change that is noticeable or even dramatic, then it takes some level of dramatic change. Like you got to really shake the tree. And so I went through in my head and was thinking of some different things and, um, and sort of very quickly, like early in the negotiating window just was like, I think I might you have to get used to almost thinking it and then used to saying it out loud to somebody like I'm thinking of maybe, leaving. And then I remember I took Elizabeth, we met for lunch and we, there was someone else. I I had a double lunch, very big deal, double lunch. I was double booked for lunch that day. It wasn't even lunch. I was meeting you for like an, I had like an iced tea. You act like you bought me like a six course meal. It was an iced tea. (laughs) Who picked up that iced tea? I picked up, I tipped the server who seemed very happy at her job, by the way. Remember they are breaking up. It's okay. Yeah, this is fine. This is normal. This Our therapists okay. have said this is normal. Children, don't worry about them. They're okay. <laughs> but I remember this is the grief talking. I, yeah. I, uh, there was someone who was there before, and I was like really needing this person to leave, and this person just kept staying and staying and staying because I knew with each passing minute, I was like, I have to talk to her about something important, and I needed this person to leave. Person finally leaves, and then we start. Hey, how are you? How's your day? Blah blah blah. And I, as I recall, it was pretty direct that I was like, hey, for the first time in seven years, I'm thinking about not extending my contract. And it didn't hit Elizabeth at first. And then I said, like, on you asked me, you said, you mean on TV? And I said, yes. And then I remember your eyes got big and there was just like this period of silence. And then I slowly started sort of walking through um, stuff. And then we had a really candid conversation, very honest conversation, just about all of the things. And, uh, and it was, it, it was, a you know, it was difficult. I was like nervous to even talk with you about that because I just felt nervous even suggesting the, the notion. And then so saying it out loud, but I also felt sort of a conviction about like, I think I need to really, if, if not leave, I need to really 
peek my head out the barn door and see what, what else is out there and make sure that if I, if I resign that I feel really wonderful about that and I'm ready to fully commit. So um, Steve, what, do, it, what do you remember about that conversation, Elizabeth? Marjorie, do you have a follow-up? Okay. I do have a follow-up question. I think he's trying to not – we need to go deeper. This is best to the nest, and we're not done till you cry. So <laughs> here it is. What – why – so in broadcasting, like in any in any business, really, this isn't particularly to broadcasting – in our family, the motto was never take money off the table. I mean, it's just you don't take money off the table. Broadcasting is a difficult place to be. It's difficult to get into it. It's difficult to have longevity. So you leaving a job like this is a big deal, and it's a risk. So this is where the tears start. Okay, it's yeah, a yeah. risk, Steve. Okay. Um, All right, now it's hitting me. Now it's hitting me. But what – I mean, other opportunities, of course. How does the family – come into this decision as well. You have a pretty difficult schedule. You're doing a radio show and an afternoon talk show, so I imagine you get home a little bit late. You're gone most of the day. What was the family input on this? Um, I remember I called my wife the, you know, as I first entered into this thought process, right? And when you negotiate and stuff like that, that stimulates your thinking, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And, it uh, it's to. challenging, too, because it, it is challenging to on a regular basis, sort of hear your worth translated into dollars. dollars and kind of how that it's just, it's just kind of a little yeah. bit of a mind bleep, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. And, and, and you get it. Like you understand, you know, there's always a business side of television and radio and that's, that's a part of the process, but in the same way, you know, you also represent your own business. And so, right. you know, it, that goes both ways. Our personalities are our product. Right, exactly. Silly as yeah. it might sound to some some of us, even at times. But I, I called my wife, and I said, I I, told, I think I had a call with her, and I was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting into an entirely different industry." And she was like, "Okay, all right, hang on, let's just talk. Why don't we talk?" Yeah. And then <laughs> I was like, "Okay," I said, "You know what? Let's talk when I get home." And then, um, and then I made another phone call and sort of started like walking through. What would an, an entirely different way of making a living look like? And I had this phone call, and then I came back, and I told my wife, and she was like, okay. She thought I might get it out. I can be emotional at times. And she thought, he'll get it out. It's a long commute. He'll get it yeah. out. He'll come back. <laughs> and he'll go back to the job that he loves and yeah. all is well. And uh, and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm really thinking. So suddenly she realized I was being very serious. Whether leaving broadcasting, taking time away would be the answer, that was very unclear. But what did become clear to her that evening was I was for the first time very seriously considering making a big change. And she's very logistical. She's very safe. She plays everything safe. She doesn't like to risk anything. And I'm a little more of a risk taker. And so we had to bring both of those points of view to the table and and talk them through. But to her credit, she was – I think she was she was aware – that I was feeling differently than I felt in this moments where you start to feel a little like, oh, maybe I need something new. Those have been fleeting in the past. They're here quickly and gone quickly. She sensed something was different. So she engaged differently, and we had longer conversations about That's it. Right. And as we walked through, it, I think, like, there was one day that I wrote a bunch of stuff out on a notepad, and I was like, well, if I did this, and then if this turned out, and if I ever got a call here, here's what life could look like. So then we really figured out which was helpful for me and her, what are the pros? And I had a pros list, life stays the same. And I had, I mean, pros of lifestyle, 
We looked at finance. We looked at all of it, all the things that I love about working on Twin Cities Live and the people that I work with and working in radio. And then what if life looked totally different was on the other side. And we walked through that very logistically, which was very helpful for her, but surprisingly helpful for me because I did feel a sense of, look, I'm a, who's June Cleaver's husband? Ward. 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 We're an old-fashioned couple. It's Ward and June. Send me your emails at I don't care and I'm not responding.net. It's a real website. That's his favorite email address. He email. does have that. Um, but you know, at the at this moment, she she works out of the home. She is full-time mom stuff, just working out of the home. I mean, as I just passed her, there were I think more clothes than I've ever seen in our loft just the amount of clothes and that's her work and she's committed to that. So she stepped away from working outside of the home 10 years ago. Right. Um, and she, so she seemed to kind of got to a point where she said, which I didn't ask her to get to this point, And it was kind of her to offer this posture, but sort of like a, you're the one working outside of the house right now. So you have a good grip of what this all feels like for you how you feel when you come home, what your bandwidth is, all of that. So you've given me the logistical details. And if you feel good at, if you feel good about it, I feel good about it. And let's take the ride together is where we got to in the end over the span of, you know, maybe, I don't know, anywhere between two and eight weeks of discussing this, went home to Pennsylvania, talked to a lot of family and friends there as well, who had no connection to anything going on here. And they offered input. So we did try to gather Council. I tried to ask people, push back on me, tell me what you don't like about what I'm thinking of. But but we ended up getting there. But I think that's so valuable what you just said. And, you know, I come to this and this is part of what's different about Best of the Nest. I've been married for 35 years. I've been 35 years with one person. I mean, it's insane and wonderful all at the same time. But what you describe, I think, is what you guys will hit the 30s are one thing, but when you get into your 40s in a marriage and careers are hitting different plateaus or different levels and you've been doing something for a while, staying at home, if you're a woman that stays at home, I did both. So there was a period where I was a stay-at-home mom, which for most women can feel incredibly vulnerable because you're trusting that this person is going to take care of you, yeah. which is a weird yeah. feeling of like, okay, you sure you got this? You, you really yeah, have this, yeah. you, you know, and that's a weird thing. But what you've described is this really beautiful partnership of, which is so important of revealing her trust in you and you also revealing your trust in her so that it was something that you could bring to the table and not have, you trusted her not to have a fear-based response which would be really easy to have under those circumstances. And and I know this from experience when my husband came to me and said, I feel the call to go to seminary. And yeah. my reaction was, oh, because I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. So it's like, then you're looking at, okay, what are we going to do? And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to keep a job. I'm just going to do both at the same time. But that required, and I don't think I handled that discussion clearly as elegantly as your wife handled what you were talking about, but that's such an important thing for couples to do and to do beautifully. You know, I was immature and young and headstrong, so I didn't handle it well, but he, my husband did it, but bore a lot of the brunt of the, the difficulty of that, of sure. doing, you know, seminary at the same time as a full-time job. But well, I can think, I speak to something that you said there? Yeah. Yeah. Which is sort of the, the flip side of that, which is I did have, probably my, my biggest complex was, 
I would have like moments of real concern and high level of stress when I would think, what if I walk away from this and let's think of all the ramifications, our house, which we love, which we just moved into helping the kids to some extent on paying for higher education. And I was going through, you know, even just some of the fun things, how I would like to routinely vacation and have these memories with the kids, blah, 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 all of that. And I thought it felt like you were uh, risking that. It felt like I was risking that for the sake of I, I want to try something else. And that is like there's just always an element of life that is a gamble. And especially when you're stepping away from the thing that is known. And so I was trying to walk through. I had to get to a point for me to say, to present to her and confidently say, this is a road that we can walk. It needed to be risk averse, but not risk free. I needed, right. needed oh, thoughtful, thoughtful risks that were taken. And so that's why when I got out the old pen and paper and sat down on the patio and spent an hour down there and was like, son of a gun, I think this, this makes sense and doesn't seem like an emotional decision from the most emotional of all my siblings. Well, and I mean, from our family's perspective, there was a position of faith, Mm -hmm. which is the one thing my husband, one of the funniest fights we ever had is my husband is a man of faith. I had to grow in that. And I remember having the C word on you too. I feel a calling. A calling. And then why are you going to argue with that? I know. It's a total power play. It was a bold move and that was intentional. I know Ian Punnett 100%. Big play. But I remember young, I mean, I got married when I was 20 and I remember like we were so poor and he's like, it's going to be fine. We're two smart people. We're going to be fine. I'm like, how do you know that? And he would always say, God doesn't take us halfway. God doesn't take us halfway. And I'd be like, how do you know that? (laughs) (laughs) And I remember saying, and so I think faith too for us was, well, I borrowed his faith for a while and now I have my own, but I, that was such a, that would go through my head of in really difficult times when you're taking a risk of God never takes us halfway. Well, and you know, an interesting thing about that and sort of like another layer to that. So my faith is very important to me, lose to hers and all of that. And so that was a big part of the conversation as we, all of that, the stressful conversation, we would check in with each other. Like, are you praying about this? Like, are you, have you settled your heart? Have you quieted yourself instead of just being tactical all the time, which right. as modern people makes us feel like we're doing the right thing. And there's an element to that and that has its place, but that place ought not be on top. But to the point of when I was looking at colleges and will we be able to pay for the house and all this sort of stuff, when I got to a calmer, more grounded position toward the end of this, I was talking um, with my dad about trusting in God's provision, but not necessarily, even though I worked out a financial plan, which again has its credit, I worked that out, but not that, but can I look back and see God's provision in my life, not just financially, but all of the other ways, do we just trust that even if finances go down? And Mm -hmm. even if life changes and feels more stressful, will he still provide for us in the most meaningful of ways? And we were able to rest in, in that rest is a strong word. That's a, that's a, I'm glossing that we were able to cling sort of like white knuckle (laughs) to that in moments where it felt a little, but it was like, you know what, do I trust the, like the God through history to provide for us in whatever this looks like? And maybe it won't turn out the way that I think it's going to turn out, it might look, I don't know what my life will look like in 12 months. And let's just sort of sit back and see 
grow, learn our way through it. And it might be surprisingly better than you ever imagined. Like you may not even know what's in front of you and it's going to surprise the heck out of you. And maybe just for sake of uh, the the well-balanced argument, it could be a little bit worse than it is now. (laughs) But, you know, like who's to say that God doesn't use those moments to teach you, to to shape you a little bit, develop a little character. So I am not rose-colored glasses, but, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for what the future looks like. And I'm excited to see. And I do think that there's an interesting new thing that I might look back on and say, oh, my gosh, I would have never experienced this had I not. Um, But it's a that is a it's a bit of a tangled emotional web. But these are the conversations that I think, one, keep people married because it makes it a partnership. I mean, Mm -hmm. we would always talk about in our family that we were Punnett Corporation and the kids (laughs) were as much involved in the corporation as Ian and I were. So decisions were made in a very sort of tried to be sort of in a in, in a way that it was sort of punnet family first. And so I think that idea of of being able to feel like you can have those conversations with your spouse that you're growing and you're changing. I mean, I think we could all especially at the age you guys are now, I am sure if you took 5 minutes, you could think of a man or a woman who's in a job that they hate but they're afraid to leave. And and that's and I'm not saying you hated your job at all. Yours is a much more nuanced. But I mean, those kind of things eat away at a family when you don't feel like you have the space to have the conversation about where is your heart living, where is your head living, what is it that you want to do, what is it going to, what's going to be meaningful to, to your life beyond just being a spouse and a parent, because. Yeah. You know, work was always important to me. It is to you, Elizabeth. You know, it's well. I think you know, and the, the other element that I would bring to that is the idea that you really need to look at the pace of your life because you can love what you're doing and you can really be fulfilled by it. I mean, I, I think I, I'm going to, I would speak for Steve. I don't think you were feeling like this deep sense of unfulfillment. I think there's, you know, you love what you do. That being said, there, there are some logistics too, to when you started on Twin Cities Live, you hosted one hour of television a day. Mm-hmm. And then it bumped to let's add three hours of radio on a day and then let's add Mm. another half hour of television on a day. And it becomes something where you kind of can hit this point where something's got to give. And I can relate to that because I did the show with you, Marjorie. And when I was coming back from maternity leave after having Bernie, I sat down with our radio bosses and I said – for the first time in my career, I said, I can't do this. It was the first time I'd ever said that in my entire career. And I brought Bernie in a bucket car seat and set her on the table at lunch as like another power play, I, another power, it was a total play. power play. Yeah. To be like, this is, you know, this was the conversation and it was really difficult to, to do that and to say that. But at the same time, like really recognizing what's the pace that you're running at, even if you really yeah, I think that's, love what you're doing. Yeah, I, think I told point. people the, um, the one thing I know I'm not trying to do is make life busier. So I'm, I'm yeah. looking for projects in the world of TV that are seasons that are just less hectic. But also I'll say this too. There is a, I can almost guarantee you that whatever this next single year looks like seven years after that, for me, it's going to be different. I never saw myself as like the, the Dave doll, the meteorologist at channel five, who was on for 40 years, the living legend. You guys have spoken with me for more than five minutes. Do you think that I could stay somewhere for an extended (laughs) period of time without just kind of going cuckoo? And so 
there's, a, I think there's some of that within me too, which is like, I, yeah. oh, I want to try that and I want to try this and I want to try something totally outside of broadcasting. And that's interesting and feels intellectually challenging to me as well. That's great. Well, there you go, you guys. Listen, we're already over our time. We're over our allotted. You extended the time midway through. Did you swipe a credit card? It said. I don't know what I did. It says, I don't know what's going to happen. Do you think it's recording still? I hope it says it's recording. Well, let me end end, since we're out of time by saying good things about Elizabeth. (laughs) We don't don't have to do that. I would like to do this. Save it. Save it for the show. Because so many people listen to you on the podcast. How many millions of downloads do you tell me almost every time I see you? You start with the download count. (laughs) So I know it's popular and successful. Um, But that I've said this before, but it bears repeating that the single most difficult part, which we've been talking about, is leaving working with Elizabeth because I've had many different television partners and Liz is the best. She's the most talented. She's has taken the best care of me. Um, she, I've been able to experience great success, but she has set me up for so much of that success. And if you have someone who is insecure sitting beside you and just feels nervous when you get your moment, then those moments happen less and less as time goes on. But she's been really selfless from the time that they chose me to be the co-host. She's just been so supportive and selfless and just like go out there and do your thing. And on top of that, I was just telling Liz, I was telling you this uh, the other day during the show. It's amazing that our friendship feels as genuine and authentic as it does, because especially the last few years, when our relationship has gotten its strongest, we have seen each other less than we did the first four years. And very often we talk briefly in the makeup room about everything. And then we talk uh, (laughs) during the show at Host Chat is a genuine conversation commercial breaks we're chatting and then in the dressing room as we walk out to and as we walk out to the car and it's this this little bit of time that has really grown into something so great so i think to be authentic and genuine the most the thing that i feel the most nervous about i think i feel okay about ending my time i gave them notice approximately 290 days ago and so emotionally (laughs) i'm dead in that way but um what i think my fear is anytime i've left a job or seen somebody leave a job everybody says oh we'll still see each other and all that and it never happens and so there's a part of me that is bracing for things being different just because they're different and that makes me sad and nervous about that it makes me want to like protect the time and like i always do when those kind of things happen it makes me want to like no we can change that just because it used to be that way when this person left or that guy left we could do it differently so that's that's the thing that feels the most sad to me as we wrap up our time can i give you a little advice Mm -hmm. you know elizabeth and i too broke up when we you know stopped our partnership together just start a podcast with her (laughs) So she has to talk to me once a week. She has no it's choice. True. So just, it really has been great. Do you want to do Zen to the I Den mean, with me? Zen to the Den. <laughs> it could be the spinoff. That, um, you know, that is, that's a big part of the sadness. Yeah. Because it always is. It's just, that's why I said to you the other day, I said, what are you going to do if you see me in the hall? Is it just, I said, I'll hug you. I, yeah, she said, I'll hug you. 
I said, I don't even know what COVID protocol is right now. I don't even know. I know. I know. I think, you know, yeah, that's true. And here's also the thing. Let me just say this quickly. We're over time. (laughs) None of this is going to air anyway. Uh, um, But I also, this this is like overcomplicating the situation. And I think that our friendship is going to continue. Of course, it'll be different. The rhythm of it will be different. Uh, But I think that there are really strong roots there. But I also know that I need to, this really sounds like a breakup when I say this, I need to give you and the new co-host space to gel. (laughs) Zip it, Marjorie! I need to give you, you guys. You can't just like pop in every day while I'm getting ready no, anymore. No, I can't do that because I, those are, those are special times. I don't want to pop into the office a lot. I want that new person to feel like it's their thing now. Marjorie, could you? And so I just want you guys to have an opportunity to fall in love. To grow. <laughs> to grow together in your Steve new did relationship. Say, you know, the, my God, the how funny... many husbands is she going to have for God's yeah, sake? Yeah, no kidding. I don't know, but we each did, time um... a new co-host comes in, I tell her, I feel like I'm the guy who asked for a divorce, and now you're bringing all these new guys in. I haven't even moved out yet. I'm like, hello, Barry. Like and Jay two. is How just great. gracefully in the background being Jay. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just doing his thing. It is – um it's it's I think what I love about this conversation, though, is and what I think is really relatable is that idea of of, you know, Marjorie and Ian always talk about that still small voice. It is certainly how I've come to define it and 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 paying attention to that and listening to it and then deciding to act not just based on the voice, but also then based on the continued looking at the um, at the tactical parts and then also seeking counsel from those that are important to you. And, you know, when you went back to that conversation, that early conversation, Steve, that we had, I mean, you and I prepped for that. This is going to sound so cheesy, but remember the Kelly Ripa, Michael Strahan drama and that whole debacle of her not knowing that he was leaving and then left and the whole thing. And during that, Steve and I had a conversation and we actually had, I mean, it sounds funny, but we had a conversation that said, we're going to make a commitment right here that we're not going to do that to each other. Mm-hmm. That when one of us feels the stirring or has an opportunity or something, whichever way it ends up going, it's going to be like, you're going to be the first to know. Yes. We're going to have that conversation right away. And so I certainly appreciate you following through on that commitment and, um, and just being open about that conversation. And I think all of that, you know, was built on a relationship of trust and a relationship of such mutual support yeah. that we've had for each other. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like, I don't necessarily feel like this will be the end, Steve. Like, I just wouldn't be surprised if at some point, maybe we like live in the same retirement community oh in Florida when we're like forward. 70. So, oh, really and then not. we could like host the game night or something <laughs> and we would be a hit far and wide and they would send shuttle buses <laughs> to other retirement communities to bring people in because we would be like, you gotta get you you gotta get over there to play bingo with these two. They're unbelievable. Well, I'm looking at retirement homes, and you guys will be glad to know that they have closed circuit television shows. Yeah. So this is entirely possible. This could be I'm getting a really really sad look at what Elizabeth's vision board is filled with. Because that is such a sad, <laughs> distant dream. Um, but I, I might be open to it. So, Steve, we might be open to it real quickly. So we have now done <laughs> the real quickly. Go. We're going to end. Go. Is that, yeah. I know we got to go. Okay, but wait question. a second. This is important. Okay. So we've been co-hosting together this podcast now for 49 minutes. And this will probably be our last show together, Steve. So oh, like, gosh. what are your words for me that we Marjorie, won't be working together um, anymore? 
Let me tell you, I've always had uh, great respect. I'm for kidding. You for... Please no, don't no, say no, 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 <laughs> hang on. I'm not. For the uh, the couple times that we got to work together, I remember being there, and it was wonderful in my talk, and you welcome me, and blah, blah, blah. All the great things. Right. Uh, everybody knows you. They love you. If they could have only seen what I saw during this hour Zoom call, which is Marjorie, every three minutes, waving her arm so that the motion-activated light from her closet, I think... <laughs> re-registered or the aperture on her camera <laughs> she went total darkness to total light and no one knew there that you, you did it less than i don't know maybe 27 26 times now let me be clear it was super distracting to me but to the listener <laughs> they didn't care because they didn't know because you're a pro you hear me do you put that chin up high young lady you've done a lot you did that nobody knew <laughs> if i were a pro i would have remembered to turn the light on just turn the light on <laughs> Just so turn the light on. It's very good. Well All and right, she's dark Steve. And she's, and she's we gotta light. go because we go. you gotta get in from Chaska to um to Twin Cities Live. We got ten more to yes. go, um, but we've got unlimited episodes of Best to the Nest to go. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review at Apple Podcasts, and you can always continue to listen to Steve on My Talk 1071. He is continuing there from nine to noon with Donna Valentine, who's an absolute joy. So you'll get your Steve fix and maybe I'll pop in and fill in there on occasion. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. Remember, we are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.